I'm poking fun, but the girl's getting gigs because oh, I love she's it. good at it. Yeah. Like she you, is fantastic. You've hit a niche and everybody wants you for that niche. Hey, fair enough. Get paid, Judy. Go crazy. Yeah. It's like hand models, right? Like they're good at the hand models. They're not they're not modeling for anything else. I'm sorry. Are you actually comparing <laughs> Judy Greer to hand models? Right it's now? what came to my mind. <laughs> a niche, a niche, right? Like it's a niche market. I thought I was going strange <laughs> with this, but you went strange. Like, Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. If you're joining us here, that means you love romantic comedies. Amazing news, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have... 27 Dresses. And before anything else, we took last week off. Here in Canada, it was Canada Day. In the States, obviously, Independence Day. So we thought a lot of people would be taking a few days off around now. So uh, we also took last week off. We got a few messages being like, oh, my God, I didn't. Where's the newest episode? We're sorry. We're we're back to your regularly scheduled programming (laughs) now. And uh, we got a lot of people reaching out on Instagram. So please do, at Romcom Rewind, as well on TikTok. Um, And if you're listening to us on Spotify, throw us a follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And we did get a message from an Emily on Instagram saying uh, I'm such a huge fan of this podcast thank you so much Emily it's given me another reason to rewatch some of my favorite rom-coms and introduce me to some new ones I know y'all have done a lot of wedding rom-coms but if you don't mind another request you should look at Father of the Bride question is Father of the Bride a romantic comedy I think so I don't know I can't remember I'll be honest I can't remember if I haven't seen it or if I've only seen it once what? Yeah, I know. You potentially have never seen that movie. I can't remember. Diane I got to see the front cover. Steve Martin. I think I think Sarah. I've seen it. Yes, I think I've seen it. She goes on to say, uh, my sister went on one of her first dates to go see this movie in theaters, and my parents accidentally somehow ended up at the same movie showing. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, sister realized that they were also in the theater when she recognized their laughter during the movie. Oh my Let's God, just say yeah. my sister still hasn't forgiven them. Thanks again for creating such a wonderful podcast. Thank, Thank you so much, you, Emily. Emily. Thank you so, so much. Okay, it's so funny that she mentioned um, her sister heard her parents laugh because my mom has a laugh that I remember one time at track and field, I was waiting for my mom to come all day and I knew she was there because from across the field, I heard her laugh. Really? And I was like, oh, my mom's here. <laughs> 27 Dresses is directed by Ann Fletcher um, and also was responsible for Step Up and The Proposal. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. I love it. This movie made uh, $162 million at the box office wow. in 2008. That's huge. Is it one of Katherine Heigl's biggest roles? Oh, I think so. I think so. Yeah, well. yeah. So this movie is the story of Jane Nichols, played by Katherine Heigl. Jane is a bridesmaid. Can we call her a veteran? Yeah, she's pro. She's a professional. She's gone professional. Yeah. Tw- yeah. <laughs> 27 <laughs> times she has been a bridesmaid, never a bride, hence 27 dresses. Uh, So as our movie opens, she's actually bridesmaiding in two weddings on the same night. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. She resorts to cabbing back and forth between the two, which catches the eye of one Kevin Doyle, played by James Marsden. Now, Kevin Doyle. Pen name, Malcolm Doyle. Yes, we don't know that yet, but he's Mm -hmm. actually, yeah. Kevin Doyle is at one of these weddings. He notices that she is kind of going back and forth between (laughs) theoretically another wedding. And she actually kind of bumps her head and he decides to help her out gets her in a cab and gets her home. As it so happens, Kevin Doyle is actually a writer of the wedding announcement section of the New York... Commitments. Commitment section. Yes. But it's it's wedding Totally, wedding stuff. totally. Yeah. Is it the New York Post or New York? I don't even know what Oh, it is. I can't... It's I, a newspaper. I, yeah, yeah. The New York Journal, perhaps. That's where that pen name comes in. He learns of this story of her, Jane, being a perpetual bridesmaid. <laughs> being a perpetual... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be clear. Yeah, yeah, being a perpetual <laughs> bridesmaid. And he kind of decides, maybe I could write a story about her and, and get out of this stupid wedding thing that I don't want to be writing about. Our 27 Dresses plot really comes to a head as Jane's sister, Tess, Malin Ackerman, uh, falls for Jane's boss, George, played by Edward Burns. And Kevin Doyle kind of uses this opportunity to write about both Tess's wedding and maybe learn a little bit more about this career bridesmaid with the 27 dresses. And there's kind of a subplot where Jane is actually deeply in love with her boss, Jordan. Here we go. Do you know your name? Jane. I'm Kevin. 
Don't you think it's a whole lot of ritual for something that's got about a 50-50 shot of making it out of the gate? Oh, how refreshing. A man who doesn't believe in marriage. Jay was good at taking care of everyone. You've been a bridesmaid 27 times. What do you do besides work and help people get married? But she never took care of herself. Did you put that breakfast burrito on my desk? I just thought you might be hungry. That's why I love you. I love you too. I love rewatching this movie. It's an easy, happy movie to watch when you want to feel good movie about weddings. It's fun. It's light. I love the dress montage when we get to see all the dresses she wears oh to all God. of her past weddings as a bridesmaid. Hint, hint, wink, wink. It might be my favorite scene. It really is a bridesmaid, never a bride type situation. However, the last time, this last time I watched it, I wanted to throw the TV controller across the room to hit Tess on the head. I just... Oh, yeah. She is... So selfish, I find, and extremely a little bit of a brat in this movie. 100% like, I find she is. she's like a little yeah. bratty. Like, that, I find that's a really good word. Like, there's a moment yeah. we're gonna get to where I honestly I was hoping Jane was gonna punch her in the tit. Yeah, I, I actually oh, thought tit. it was gonna happen. Like, oh, yo, my... punch her in the boob right now because <laughs> I thought I thought that's what the scene needed. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> a little oomph, <laughs> a little punch in the tit, right. It's not, you know, it's not. Take it that extra mile, you right, know. Right, but it's yeah. not the face. It's just like, you know, I'm right. gonna hurt you, but I'm not actually gonna give you a black eye. Can I ask right. a question? Two yeah. questions, actually. Okay, okay. What is your favorite cheesy thing that happens in rom coms? I already told everybody knows this. The montage. It's the dress up the montages. Dress up montages. That's is literally Sarah's my least favorite, favorite oh. parts of the movie. God. Yes. It's always a stupid song. Yeah, it's not a stupid song. It's a great <laughs> song. There's nothing stupid about it. My other question, and this is a really sincere question. Yeah. Is Katherine Heigl actually good? Like at acting? Yeah. Really? I think so. I I'm think she's great. To, I'm, I'm going to lightly disagree. Lightly I'm gonna, I'm gonna or just actual, a little bit. Okay, like why? I, okay. I feel like in the mid-2000s, she's in Grey's Anatomy. Okay, yeah. Biggest show on the planet. Mm-hmm. And she's also in Knocked Up, and that's an amazing movie around the exact same time. Yeah. And I think collectively, we thought, wow, this is what a massive mega star. She's so amazing. But if you go through the entire rest of the movies she's done, mm-hmm. not that awesome. Like, The Ugly Truth, that's fine. It was good. It was good. Okay. The Killers. Ashton Kutcher. That's the one with Ashton Kutcher where yes. she's super she annoying. She was a little bit annoying in she, that She one. was a little bit much in that <laughs> yeah. one. New Year's Eve. I don't even remember that one. I don't y- think it was that good. It it's like um that was a movie that had a lot of a lot of actresses and it kind of I feel like it kind of may have gotten lost in the shuffle of all the other movies. Life as we know it. I liked Life as we know it. I liked it as well. Yeah. I thought she was good in it. Like in all oh, these see, movies, like I'm just it. saying. Like I thought, I'm like, oh, that was fine, but she was never okay. You're taking my breath away, Catherine. In well, the way that a Julia Roberts would take my breath away in some movies. Um, or an Emma Stone. Maybe maybe she just hasn't found that right script for her. Maybe. You know? She does complain about like every movie she's on. <laughs> she complained about the Grey's Anatomy script all the time, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, wild things happen on that show. Oh, yeah. Plane crashes <laughs> and like just... Oh, you mean in terms of the writing. <laughs> right. Like, there's just some crazy plot. I'm Okay, we all know she... She was in love and may have done it with a ghost. So let's remember that. You know what? So I would probably complain about that too. You're right. If Catherine Heigl had problems (laughs) with that script, fair enough, Catherine. (laughs) Wasn't there a bomb thing with her? How there was a bomb in the basement and she was like the only one in the room or something? I have lost track of the... the extremes i mean i think in this most recent season sorry for any spoilers but i think meredith was like dead for part of it <laughs> like she was in heaven and she got revisited like she was visited by i i don't watch it right now like i stopped watching i think at season 11 so i do have some catching up to do but i think that's like from the commercials what i've gathered overall about the movie though oh, i yeah. thought the movie was pretty good the jokes are funny the story's yeah. interesting it's kind of compelling mm-hmm. i felt Sometimes irrationally annoyed for Jane's character, oh, which God, I think yes. is what you're getting oh, at. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which you want. You know, you, you want to be on her side. Which um, I 100% was. Yeah. I did feel there was something missing with our guy Kevin Doyle. I thought Jane's character was interesting. She was always kind of annoyed to see him, which I didn't really like. Yeah. And, wh- like... I feel they could have dove into his character a little bit more. Like, what oh, do we know they, about uh, Kevin they, Doyle? We know nothing. We know that he doesn't believe in marriage and that he is a writer. Yes. Those are the facts and that, he's, that he's we... he's divorced because yeah. his... He was ex, cheated on. Yeah. But yeah, that's all we know about Yes. Him. 
and I actually thought James Marsden was one of the shining bright spots. Like he made this movie really, really great. Uh, yeah, he made it smoking hot. So right, <laughs> I'm talking comedic delivery, Sarah. Okay, you're... well, I'm talking about something else. Right, sex factor, sure, whatever. <laughs> I think you're right. I think the movie was very much about the sisters and George. Like George had a bigger role to play in it than James Marsden, yeah. which is super weird because he's James Marsden's character. Kevin was supposed to be the leading man, which. In my mind, I don't know if that really came through. That didn't translate on screen. And you know what I feel like we missed, especially because this director also did the proposal, we missed those Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock. Like, remember when they're in the bedroom and they're sharing all these deep stories about each other in the proposal? I feel like we missed that moment with James Marsden in this movie because we know all about Jane. Mm-hmm, we have no we idea who Kevin is. And he's actually quite likable. I love this movie. Maybe that was a, a point that they missed. Maybe diving into James Marsden uh, or Kevin a little deeper for sure. Um, is this the fourth Judy Greer movie that we've done? Oh my God. She's a party animal in this movie. I loved her in this movie. She was funny. I actually have a drinking game for this. This is great. Okay. You know what? If you're listening to this episode of our podcast, but you're kind of going through the whole catalog, this is a great drinking game. Every time Judy Greer is in a movie, (laughs) you just, that, that's a finish your glass because she pops up in so many movies that I actually ran the math, Sarah. Okay. Tell me, tell me. Romantic comedy. She's in, she's in what women want. Okay. She's in the wedding planner. Mm -hmm. She's in 13 going on 30. She's in Elizabeth Town. Oh, okay. Hard to say, by the way, Elizabeth Town. Elizabeth Town. 27 Dresses, Love Happens, Love and Other Drugs, Playing for Keeps. Yo, she actually did a skit with Funny or Die. The skit is called Judy Greer is the Best Friend. And the entire premise is that she just exists to get her best friend to like, like there's a thing where she's like, you got to go to the airport. You got you to gotta just get a ticket and you go, got to go get your man. And the girl like runs out and she's like, yeah, I'm going to go get him. And then they pan back to Judy Greer and this other woman and they're just like, they have nothing to talk about. Nothing. Yeah. She's nothing. Like, so what have you been up to? And Judy's like, well, you know, I've been I've been helping her with her love life. <laughs> it's oh like, my oh, God. And anything else? No, not really. Like that's just I all I kind of do. Her. And in this movie, that's kind of how it is. Like we know, no, Judy Greer does not have a love interest. She well, has no, a job. she has a few love interests. Right, but that's, she. That's her classic role. She's just... I love it. Generally promiscuous. I love her in this movie. She is so funny. She somehow exudes that, that we make that her primary focus in every movie. all about the D. Hey, Judy Greer is going to be the sexually frustrated (laughs) best friend. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. I loved it. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Judy, but... (laughs) Well, you know what, though? What, What sold it for me was her delivery. She is so... She does... She's so good... At her sarcastic delivery of her lines. I love it. She may have had a bigger role than James Marsden. Oh, yeah, she might have. (laughs) She might have. And you know what? Like, I'm poking fun, but the girl's getting gigs because she's good at it. Like, she is fantastic. You've hit a niche and everybody wants you for that niche. Hey, fair enough. Get paid, Judy. Go crazy. Yeah. It's like hand models, right? Like they're good at the hand models. They're not. They're not modeling for anything else. I'm sorry. Are you actually comparing <laughs> Judy Greer to hand models? Right now? It's what came to my mind. <laughs> a niche, a niche, right? Like, it's a niche market. I thought I was going strange with this, but you went strange. Like, <laughs> sorry, we, not sorry. If we ever get the opportunity to interview Judy Greer <laughs> on this podcast, we need to bring that up. Like, listen, we would compare your career to. Handball. No, no, no. What are your no, thoughts? Not her career, but the niche ability for her to be a specific character. Uh-huh. Which is the basis of her career. No, okay, don't, don't forget. I freaking love her. Oh, we both love her. Yeah, it's not in a negative light People by any means. People love hand models, Sarah. I get it. <laughs> no, you need hand yeah. models. <laughs> I mean... We need Judy Greer. <laughs> there's a market for hand models for a reason. And Judy oh, Greer. Yeah. <laughs> Tapped into that hand model market. <laughs> Okay, so brides and their thoughts on bridesmaids' dresses. So the bride says, don't you love the bridesmaids' dresses that I chose for you? You can shorten them and wear them again. But can you? Like, like I know a lot of brides say that. Like, oh, look it. I tried to pick, you know, like what's in style at the moment. You can just shorten it, you know, and wear it as a cocktail dress someplace. Like, it's their specific taste. It's like, a niche. They get to choose like what you're wearing. Again. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, you get to choose what the hand model holds. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a can of OJ. <laughs> yeah. Like. I think most of them are probably used for rings and stuff, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. probably that too. Yeah. Gloves. 
I feel like I can relate to this so much because yeah, I, I have no concept for this. Yeah. Is this kind of like back when, remember uh, like 15 years ago where we would have those pants? Guys would have these pants, but they would have a zipper and you could make them shorts, but oh they always looked stu- like the pants looked stupid and then the shorts also looked stupid. I tried to pick dresses. Like I can relate to this because I did try to pick bridesmaids dresses for my bridesmaids that they could in fact wear again. <laughs> Do you think they will? I think they will. Can they've we all, ask one of them? They've all told a... me. But now I'm wondering, did <laughs> they the, just tell me that? Come on now. Yeah, no, they're you lying know? to you, Sarah. They hate the I don't know. Dresses. I feel like I'm going to have to wait and go to a place with them that they can wear this said dress and maybe they'll oh, wear Oh, you it should uh, like aggressively imply, oh my God, that would be great for yeah, that bridesmaid I may. dress. Just shorten it a little I bit. I may. Like you said earlier, Jane, she's running from one wedding as a bridesmaid to another one. And I feel like you just have to politely decline to stand in one of the weddings instead of killing yourself trying to make both of them. And from paying the cab driver to take you from one to another, like it seems like she's done this before. She knew exactly how much money to give the guy for the night that would make it worth his while. And, you know, tells him that if you take a look in the back seat while I'm changing, like it just gets deducted. Like I loved this scene. I thought it was hilarious, but I would politely decline saying like, sorry, I can't stand in your one wedding because I'm going to kill myself getting from like Brooklyn to another part of New York. But she's somebody who can't say no to anybody. That's a good point. That's That's a big flaw. Yes. That is a big plot line in this movie. Oh yeah, you're right. So why don't you just say no? What? Say no. You have said no to people before, haven't you? Yes, of course. Many, many times in this situation. Never. Not once. I've got a question. Okay. There is a, and this is ignorant male talking here. There's a scene where she's helping both brides yeah. pee. Yes. And they're yes. like, the, 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 it <laughs> yes. looks like um, a big giant loofah with the wedding dress <laughs> oh kind of poofed up yes. around them. And obviously they're trying to, is that a thing? Do bridesmaids collectively need to like, okay, who's, Who's helping so and so pee now? A hundred percent. Oh yeah, you need a hundred percent. I have been that bridesmaid. I've been that bridesmaid holding the bride's dress up oh in the bathroom stall. Are yes. you afraid that it's gonna end up in the toilet? Well, that's why the that's, bridesmaids are that's there. That's a key job. Yes. Oh my god. Sometimes your dress is so big that you can't lift it yourself, so you have to get help to lift it and make sure that it doesn't touch the ground or it doesn't touch. The toilet, you it's know, you come in. how awful would that be if you just peed and it dips down into it? You got a That'd wet, be horrible. you got a wet yellow dress. Ugh, gross, That's disgusting. right? <laughs> You're welcome. So one small complaint that I do have about this movie, I mean, just uh, you anything, can't have any. Sorry, anything with Kevin Doyle, okay. James Marsden, like I felt like this meet cute wasn't as fun just because there was so much animosity right off the top. And I've realized something that I don't like about romantic comedies. Maybe you listening feel the same way. I don't like meet cutes where they hate each other for like half the movie. Mm. Like I think about Leap Year. Good movie, but like I didn't like that they were just bickering for an hour. Same with this movie. So, okay. I wanted to see the sparks fly a little sooner. I want to see Mm. that chemistry. And I thought they had chemistry when they were skipping ahead a little bit, drinking in the bar and they were singing to Benny and the Jet. Definitely. Oh man, it's so good. But and there I, wasn't enough of that, eh? You wanted to, like, really believe their love. But I, I, I liked that scene and mm-hmm. those scenes so much. It's like, why aren't we doing this mm. for, earlier? Like, like, it took us an hour to get to this point. Why aren't we doing this earlier? I love this. Okay, so she leaves her planner behind in the cab. And, of course, he reads it. Like you said, he's a reporter. And he needs his big break to get out of the wedding commitment section. So he decides that this is going to be his next article. It's going to be about her. He sees that... She's in a lot of weddings and how they've created this wedding market that's overpriced and, you know, hence her standing in every one in their dog's wedding and how, you know, it's it's just become this big, gigantic commercialized commercialized thing thing that should just be about love and each other. And so that's kind of what he thinks is going to get him out of out of the commitments. So that's actually an honorable angle. And then on the flip side, we have Jane, and we're learning a little bit more about her. We are. She's in love with her boss. Yes, the world's biggest crush on her boss, George. Georgie Porgy. That's not his name. I just said it, though. <laughs> it's an unfortunate name, actually. Sarah's kind of loopy today. I like Woo. it. We got loopy Sarah here. Yeah, and like you can tell right off the bat. like she just Her, her world stops when he is around. He is her boss. She is his assistant. Yeah. So she basically bends over backwards for him every single day. And he just doesn't see it. It had kind of like a little bit less toxic, but it had Kate Winslet from the holiday vibes 
where she loves her boss, Aww. but she just ends up so weepy and so depressed and so sad about it. Yeah. And in the holiday, the boss knew it, and he used that to his advantage to be Definitely. extremely destructive. Yeah. In this case, George isn't a bad guy. No, he's super nice. He's wonderful. But especially when... Are we talking about the next meet cute now? So the next meet cute happens. Jane has to go pick up her sister at the airport. And guess who he literally falls in love with at first sight. So that night they're having a work function. Jane's going. George is going as well. Jane, being the great sister that she is, doing absolutely everything for Tess as always, says, hey, why don't you come to our, our work function? Tess says, no, I got some, I'm meeting up with some people from Milan, blah, blah, blah. I guess she works in the fashion industry in Milan, came home for two weeks or so we think. And it turns out, I guess she ditched her friends in Milan or whatever. And she ends up showing up at the work function. And of course, their eyes meet from across the room. We have a real meet cute. We have a real meet cute. And it's a steamy meet cute. Mm. And so, yeah, Jane literally stands there watching the whole thing go down as they meet. And it's just like slow motion terrible. And she fell in love with George and George fell in love with her. Yes. Who do you find more attractive, Catherine Heigl or Malin Ackerman? Ah, uh, Malin Ackerman for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Wait, do you disagree? No, I agree. I agree. She's just super annoying. Like her character is very annoying in this movie, but she is more attractive than Catherine Heigl. I agree. She has a role in uh, the Watchmen, the movie. Oh yes, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that um... she's the only female. <laughs> Oh my god, is she the only <laughs> I think so. Oh, as per horrible. usual. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. As per usual. Kind of like the Black Widow in Marvel oh, for a long man. time. I never noticed that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I was yeah. I'll just move on. So from that's it. why I know exactly who she is. <laughs> yep. You have the only woman in the watchman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that one? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, how did Kevin know about the party? Yeah, that's a good question. Did he oh, just, oh no he's no, got a planner he's the got planner. a planner okay yeah, yeah. yes yes oh my gosh we just came to he that he makes a joke he's like it was either here or your two o'clock pedicure on thursday oh, or something yes. like that oh my right? god he makes or, a joke. yes yeah oh and then that's where we find out so jane earlier that day had received an anonymous flowers with no card and she thought that they were from george because, and she thought the sparks were fine oh 100 percent. so she was actually on her way over to george when Tess showed up. And then surprise, here's Kevin Doyle instead, the guy who hates You say marriage. that so, like, it, he's, like, disgusting. Kevin Doyle. That's how Jane feels. I know, but it's Kevin Doyle. I know, I love him. Don't I get me wrong, I love too. him. Meanwhile, we're learning more about Tess and George. Mm-hmm. And we're learning something about Tess. <laughs> Mostly that everything she's saying she's interested in to George yes. is all a lie. Yeah, she's a big, fat lie. He's a vegetarian, so she lied and said she's a vegetarian. He loves hiking. He loves being outdoors. He loves mountain climbing. She says, yes, totally into all those things. I love dogs. He loves dogs. Oh, my God. Wow. All of it's a lie. Yeah. Have you ever lied about liking something to get a guy? I think you think that I have lied. Yes, I do. Okay, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to bring it up, and I will bring it up. I'm just letting you know now. (laughs) Oh, my God. I have... It's the video game thing. Eh? Yes, of I course. Knew it's it. the video I game knew thing. it. I love the. I love video games, but I don't like your shooting video games. I don't no, always thank play shooting you. Video games. You play a lot of them. What What percentage of people do you think lie to get a guy? <laughs> like eighty five percent. Yeah. Okay. I think. Okay. Okay. Because I th- at the beginning. Like, I agree with that. So do you think you're in the fifteen percent or the eighty five percent? Well, I think you think I'm in the eighty five percent with the with the video Statistically, games. Statistically, that seems like the more likely answer. You have no? to remember, I also did. You were like, oh, you, you you said you liked watching video game me play video games, and I'm like, yeah, I do. I watched you play basically all of Assassin's Creed. If you're listening right now, you're probably like, whoa, oh my god, I'm midway through an argument. I don't even know what's happening. When we first started dating, I said, hey, Sarah, I like playing video games. And she said, oh, that's fine. I watch people play video games all <laughs> okay, the time. All the time. <laughs> she never watches. And oh, I don't need you God. to watch, but like, I feel like that was a lie to get in my pants. I feel a little bit used. <laughs> okay. Do you? And I'm going to throw a stat out there. I'm going to say about 70% of people fake interest in video games. Here's the other big one. Okay. I think about 40% fake interest in sports. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, sports. Big, okay. Big you know what, though? I'm a big fan of baseball. You don't like baseball. Yeah. But I, I don't. I didn't lie and say that I like baseball, Sarah, did I? <laughs> hey? But I also didn't lie that I don't love basketball. Yeah, no, you lied about other things. It's fair. No. And then Can I you... think about 10% of people 
lie about doing a sport. Like, oh my god, you play soccer, I play soccer too. Oh, and then you get them on a soccer field a pitch and I like, feel like or or it. like, oh I've I know how to play that or something. Or yeah. I'd be down to play it. Yeah, yes. I, I that might be like higher than ten percent I Yeah, feel. you think it's higher but than like, ten? Yeah. So just to recap, Tess and George are getting very close. And um, on the flip side, Kevin is still asking Jane out and she still says no. The most awkward proposal, though, happens. Yeah, George proposes to Tess, but... I had secondhand embarrassment. So embarrassing. The whole time. So George forgets something at work. I think it was his wallet. Yes, yes, it was. And Jane knows where he's going to be, so she's like, oh, sweet, at this restaurant, just go bring it to him. She walks in, a mariachi band comes flying out, it's the will you marry me, and George has the awkward moment of, oh, sorry guys, the wrong sister. It's It's the wrong wrong one. one. Yeah, it's the wrong one. And then Jane kind of... She's not slowly, the one. It's not the one. Yeah. She's slowly piecing it together. Like, wait, will you marry me? George is standing there. She's slowly coming to the realization. And then <laughs> Tess walks in. And then he's like, oh, no, here she is. Let's go, guys. And and then they start. And, and Jane kind of has to awkwardly hang oh out with God. the mariachi band. So awkward. Which she didn't need to do that. They were no. just trying to ham up the uncomfortableness. And they, okay, they did a really good job because I was like, oh my God, this is so yeah, weird and awkward. Really bad. She was like bumping into the accordion. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> it was really bad. It was really yeah. bad. And so now, of course, Jane can't say no. So Tess has asked Jane to plan her wedding. Will you and be my maid of honor? Yeah. Will you be my maid of honor? Will you basically plan everything? And um, Hal, their dad, gives Tess their mother's wedding dress, which... Honestly, what an idiot! And Tess Earl's a moron. Yes, he totally is. And Tess er earlier on in the movie says like how she didn't like her mother's dress; it was so old-fashioned. Oh, look at those pleats, blah blah blah. And Jane loves the dress, thinking it's so classic and elegant and beautiful. But again, this is a moment where Tess is just a little bit bratty and just like faking it for George. I think she's like, "Oh my god, I love it! Oh, thank you so much! Oh my gosh, how wonderful!" Blah blah blah. And Jane's dying inside. Like yeah. I would die if I wanted that. And new Tess didn't even like it, but t- took it anyway. Like she's, I literally wrote down, "She's such a poser. It's maddening." <laughs> here we go, ranch. Sarah All right, rant. here we go. Let's she have it. She literally takes everything she Jane wanted, and because now she's getting married, and turns out they're walking in Central Park, and Tess is like, "Look at where I'm getting married now. I t- I'm gonna get married. I know you really want to get married at the boathouse, but I'm getting married there in three weeks." It's like, step off. Stealing her wedding. She's stealing Jane's. Literally, wedding she is stealing with it. Jane's man. They go to a cake tasting, and Jane puts two and two together that Malcolm Doyle, the writer of her of her wonderfully loving commitment articles that she cuts out and posts around her apartment is actually the man that's been weirdly following her around the entire city kevin doyle puts two and two together because he shows up well he's like hey i'm writing the commitments for the tess and george wedding that's what i was gonna say she's like kevin what are you doing here and he's like actually my pen name is malcolm (laughs) and the side story which you kind of touched on is that jane Mm -hmm. she's obsessed with weddings obsessed she actually loves the commitment section of that newspaper, mm-hmm. and she clips out the favorites of Malcolm Doyle Which that is, she likes. Yeah, only written by Malcolm Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. So she's actually a huge fan of his. Yes. And there is kind of a disconnect where she's like, but this guy hates weddings, but he writes so eloquently about weddings. Mm-hmm. It is this strange thing where like this guy that I hate is actually this writer that I love. How can they be the same guy? Also, he's interested in you, Jane. Yeah. So weird. She's also completely like oblivious to him liking her, I think, or maybe she just doesn't want to acknowledge it. But part of him writing an article on a couple for their wedding is and their planning of their wedding is that he has to interview immediate family and the very close friends. And so they go um over to Jane's house. So Malcolm Doyle or Kevin Doyle goes to Jane's house and this is where my favorite scene oh happens. God, this can't be your best scene. No, this is my best scene. Stop it. There's absolutely no other scene that tops this scene for me because we get to see all of the 27 dresses that she has been hiding in her massive oh closet. Oh my God. What the hell is that? Theme wedding. What was the theme? Humiliation? God. No, people do not have gone with the wedding weddings. I've been to three. Let's do it. I'm happy. 
happy. This is like a dream come true because so many times when things like montages, you just want to see absolutely everything. It's kind of like the movie Love Wedding Repeat where there were, you know, a hundred <laughs> different ways to go about doing it, but we only saw four. Like, I want to see all the 27 dresses and I got to do that. I got Through to do a that. a very long montage. It was, it was fantastic. like a five-minute montage. Yeah, but there were some real ugly themed weddings. Yeah. And choices that occurred in those brides' minds. Very pretty. Do you feel pretty? Adorable. Yeah. Every bride loves her accessories. I'm trying to think of what this is like. It's like... It's like nothing you've ever seen before. No, it's it's like a Michael <laughs> Bay movie where it's all explosions. It's all glitz and glamour, but there's nothing to it. It's just dresses, Sarah. It's a montage. It's, it's just music. dressed up and pretty. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just dresses. <laughs> I'll take it. You know what? You you found something you love. I shouldn't shoot you down Yeah, for you it. shouldn't. Good for Don't you. Don't shit all over it. I just think it's stupid. <laughs> well, we to each their own, Devin. To each their own. Okay, registries. What do you think about registries? We have a registry. How do you feel about... For our I, upcoming wedding. Yes, for be, our upcoming I wedding. I feel like we never talk about this. So many Sorry. people have messaged us being like, are you guys together? Yes, yes. Yeah, we are, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah we like to watch romantic comedies in our free time. <laughs> and we thought, hey, let's do a podcast about it. So mm-hmm. genuinely, in our little home, we've got a studio in the corner. I do some voice acting sometimes, and we also record a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's our story. That is our story. In, <laughs> We're getting uh, married. We have a registry. So what's yes. your question? Okay, so um, how did you feel when I asked you to help me choose things for our registry? Ladies, here's the thing. Here's how you get a guy into <laughs> I'm registries. so excited. You bring up yeah. some kind of power tool of Absolutely. some kind. I think Sarah was like, hey, you can put a chainsaw on This there. is 100% what I I immediately crane my neck and look outside. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> look at all the trees I could cut down with a chainsaw, man. <laughs> and then you're just, then you're on the gambit with the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like getting you know, drills, I'm getting power tools, I'm getting hedge trimmers. I'm I getting, think a few ladders. Yeah, some ladders. Yeah. I feel like with guys, you really need to open their minds to some things because when I think registry, I think cutlery and I think plates. And well, I think, that as well. But you yeah. really got to... Um, you got to set a niche area. For, oh, yeah. For th- Here's a little play area. This is how men work best. Here's a little area where you can play. Yeah. It's on a golf course. Just <laughs> that go there for enjoy. five hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Grab yourself a beer and go away for a little bit. Yeah. You know, your sister wants so many presents from so many different stores that she physically cannot register for them all herself. <sighs> She's pressed for time. It's a short engagement. Good God. Another one? To you, it's just another casserole dish to Tess. It's the pot she's going to cook my mother's Christmas roast in. Oh, Tess cooks? All right, well, I'm going to cook it, but Tess will be there with George. And this isn't just another vase. Face. This is the vase that Tess will get out when George brings home flowers, just because he felt like it. I see. And this, this is the rooster-shaped umbrella holder that will hold all of George's umbrellas. Okay, so then Tess is busy with something. I don't know what she's doing, to be honest with you, because who knows. And Jane goes with George to a food tasting. For their wedding and kevin shows up and again like i'm like why are you there he's there because he realized that jane loves george no he walks into the place and realizes, oh, and realizes in that yeah. one moment he sees them together he sees her fawning over him and he realizes he figures it out that she loves george he offers jane a ride back into town jane goes no 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 i'll go with george blah blah, blah. and he insists yeah and so this is where that great scene when they're in the bar this was close to my best scene. I, you know what? This was my second best scene because I loved it. I also love Benny and the Jets. So I don't think a single human alive, if you're listening right now and you say yes to this question, you're lying to yourself <laughs> and to me. Nobody knows the lyrics to Benny and the Jets. Oh, yes. Because the funny correct. thing is they, so so that's kind of like they both get drunk at the bar. The, so the, ro- the, the car goes off the road. They end up at a bar and classic, very much like leap year. Yes. The actually. guy is like, hey, we're going to be stuck here for a bit. Mm-hmm. Let's just have a drinky poo. Great. A drinky poo. A drinky poo. And then they both get hammered. Yeah. And they end Completely. up uh, having a good time. And Benny and the Jets comes on. And they both start singing along to Benny and the Jets. And here's the thing. They're both definitely singing the wrong lyrics. But mm-hmm. I also don't know what the right lyrics are. And it takes this movie to show you that. Hey, kids. Exactly the words. Sorry, lyric police. What are the words? You're gonna hear hands and music so the walrus sounds. <laughs> walrus sounds? Take pennies and longer in the cement 
just so lays down. Betty and the Jets. Nobody knows the lyrics to Betty and the Jets. I I think I know more than I like to. Oh, that's great. Oh. I'll pull up the lyrics right now. Oh. And you sing along. Oh, no. Thank you for volunteering, Sarah. Shit. No. Okay. I'll start you off. Hey, kids, shake it loose together. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. I was going to say, that's. I didn't even know that was the first line of the song. <laughs> I know it's electric boots. No, it's not. What? You... <laughs> what is it? You picked out two words in the entire well, song. Yes, yes, and yes. you actually and got wrong. them wrong. Yeah, I know. Okay, I actually it's have electric a, I have a, music. I have a quick fact on this anyway. So, okay, moving on. That was a pure. Okay, my confidence. Actually, actually, you want to know what's really funny is that this goes really, really well into the quick fact I have about this song. Do you want to just hit it with us right no. now? Okay, no. I'm gonna right, save it. It's a tease. But yeah, this was close to my best scene. We're finally starting to see some. I mean, during the the twenty seven dresses montage, we could see that Jane was opening up a little bit to Kevin. Yep. But now in this scene, hey. Sparks are starting to fly a little bit. So before Kevin Doyle had left that day from work, his editor let him know that his story about the 27 dresses was going to be published. And She's like, this is a hit. Yeah. And he said, no, 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 don't publish it. I want to talk to her first. Turns out that the next day when they're at breakfast after the pub night, one of the girls serving them goes, oh my God, you're the, you're the girl from the article. The article was published. His editor did it anyway. And she is just, she feels very betrayed. And I think the key thing is, is that he like, he pokes fun a little bit at Jane. He takes a shot at the wedding industry, but he really fires some shots at Tess. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. Which like, I was like, yes, this is amazing. Calls her a bridezilla, how I she's going to be stomping around Manhattan and climbing the Empire State Building. I think there was a Kong reference oh, there. Oh, big time. And so Tess is bridezillying ironically at this moment and she's freaking she out is. at jane because it's all jane's fault yeah to, apparently in Tess's mind, it's all jane's fault yes you're making me look like an idiot and it 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 snowballs into this like she's already feeling crappy because the article's about her in not a great light either and then you have tess your little sister who's so bratty piling on piling on and basically like making you feel like a horrible person it's just like i just felt so bad for jane in that moment at this point everything's coming to a head yeah jane is kind of, you know, beaten down, really. And she goes to the dress fitting for her sister, Tess. Yeah. She tries on the dress and she goes, oh, look at my dress, blah, blah, blah. And Jane's like, um, weren't you wearing mom's dress? I thought, like, where's mom's dress? And she goes, oh, I cut it up. She cut it up. Yeah, she used, like, a little bit of fabric from the dress and yeah. she put it somewhere. And that's like it, that. like, in the middle of, of the dress. It's just, like, a tiny little piece. And she goes, here's... The, she literally hands her the rest of the dress in pieces and says here this is for you to use and jane just has it like she's done she gets up it's the final straw basically yells at her says she doesn't care about anyone other than herself which is kind of true so this is actually my best scene what this no is my best way. scene yeah. okay oh my gosh tell me more because all movie yeah we're watching jane get slammed she's mm -hmm. getting put through the ringer and it's just so satisfying when the main character goes a little, like, like snaps a little bit yeah. and just tells everybody how it's it. got to be. And yeah. she she does it a little bit here. Uh, this is where I was hoping she was going to punch her in the tit. Oh, yeah. Like, in the she wedding dress. It. You know, just give her a little, just give her a little jab, you know? I feel like that would definitely be a moment in the something that would happen in the proposal with Sandra Bullock. Mm, yeah. Like, that would be the tit punch. I can see her doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But great moment. It kind of leads us into mm -hmm. the Feast de Resistance, which is the... <gasps> oh, my God. I was yes. about to say the PowerPoint presentation. It was the slideshow. The rehearsal the dinner. The rehearsal dinner, yes. Jane has now had it. So this whole entire time, ever since Tess and George had gotten engaged, Tess has enlisted Jane to create this slideshow of George, pictures of George and pictures of Tess from when they've been growing up, etc., all leading through up to now and their relationship It's a together. classic thing you do at wedding, like weddings do it. Totally, yeah. yes. Yes. It is 20 years of repressed feelings coming out. Yeah, and this, I didn't really necessarily love this. Oh, I thought I, it was hilarious. I thought it was a little bit passive-aggressive that she... Okay, so she went exactly an hour and 20 minutes until Jane finally snapped at Tess <laughs> and was like, listen, you little shit, 
I'm going to tell George that you've been lying to him this whole time or else, and also you suck for b- destroying our mom's dress. I was like, yeah, yeah. here we go, Jane. Heck yeah. And then instead of just walking up to George and being like, hey, my sister's a piece of shit, she's like, mm, I'm going to do it in a cheeky little passive-aggressive uh, PowerPoint presentation, and that's how I'm going to get back at you. It was slightly satisfying. <laughs> it, it was satisfying, <laughs> but it was like, ah, are we we're doing oh, yes. it in the slideshow? Totally. Okay. Like, it was definitely passive-aggressive and, like, not the right way to go about doing it, but it was definitely satisfying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, basically, the slideshow is like, hey, here's George, and he loves dogs, and here's Tess, and she doesn't love dogs, and it's like Tess, like, you know, cowering away from a dog. It was Tess. Their love is based on a deep understanding and acceptance of who the other person really is. The love of two true soulmates Tess and George. It, he the calls can no longer, off the wedding. He calls off the wedding. Completely. George is done with Tess. Yeah. And Jane feels a little bit bad about it, which, oh, man, I hate that. Because I feel like Jane was very justified. Not in, the, in mm. the way she did it. Yeah. The way she did it was really bad. <laughs> I was going to say, it's satisfying. It's not justified. Yeah. No. Well, it's, yeah. It was the way she did it. It was the yeah. wrong way to do the thing that had to be done, I guess, is the way to say I it. I agree. Like, it, again, could have done it a different way. Yeah. Be a little bit more tactful next time. Right. So the wedding's called off. But the ending of this movie is great. We have the George Jane kiss. Yes. So which she, is really important. Yes. She goes into the office. He he says, oh, like, you know, I, I can't do this without you. You're always there. You always say yes. You never say no. And in that moment, she realizes it's uh, it's like perpetual. Like, I yeah. can't not say no. And so she says, you know what? I quit. You're going to be fine without me. And she also reveals that she loves him. In that yes. Moment. The only reason she stayed was because she was in love with him. And that's what she that's what she tells him. And they kiss and nothing happens and they feel nothing. She even remarks. She's like, mm, I didn't really feel anything. Yeah. And he says, do you want to try again? They try again and nothing happens. Have you ever kissed a guy and nothing's happened? Yes. What? Yes. Especially because he was like brushing my teeth essentially while we were making out. It was awful. Mm. It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, that's a bad look. But what? yes, no, it felt nothing. A quick little backtrack. At the end of that rehearsal dinner after the wedding's been called off and Jane's really, really emotional, who's outside but our guy Kevin? He just He's shows everywhere. up to I everything. I told you, it's, he weirdly knows everything. And she's really emotional. She doesn't want to see him. She doesn't want to talk to him. She's still pissed about the article. And he kind of tells her, like, listen, you, you deserve better mm-hmm. than what you've been really? getting. I saw what you did in there, and you know what? I thought it was amazing. Was it absolutely certifiably nuts? Yes, it was. But you did something, Jane. For the first time, you were not just the perfect bridesmaid. Stop. Just please, I'm, I'm not doing this with you again. I don't even know why I'm standing here talking to right. you. You know what? Let me tell you. Look, come here, listen to me. Do you want to know the real reason why I came here tonight? Because I knew this was going to be hard for you. And for the first time in a really long time, I wanted to be there for somebody. Yeah. All right, I, I, I messed up. I did. I'm sorry. And I'm going to turn around. I'm going to walk away. And I'm going to vanish. You'll never see me again. I promise. But I want you to know that I think you deserve... I think you deserve more than what you've settled for. I do. I think you deserve to be taken care of for a change. He more or less says that I believe that. Yeah. He also gives her... Which is wild because they really haven't spent that much time together. No. He also gives her like a phone that can double as a planner. Yeah. So a then, blackberry. after the kiss with George, mm-hmm. Benny and the Jets, we don't know the lyrics, yeah, comes on. She realizes it's coming out of that phone, and he had programmed his name, right. yes. his phone number in there with the Benny and the Jets theme song. Love it. The ending of this movie is where, well, not the official ending, but she realizes that she needs to go see where he is. And so she runs to a wedding that is happening, and it's on a cruise ship. She jumps on the ship with heels, might I add, and goes up there. The bride is like, oh, my God, you're that girl from the article. And she goes, yeah, I need your help. And so goes up to the mic, makes a speech. Kevin, I've been waiting my whole life for the right guy to come along. And then you showed up. And you were nothing like the man I imagined. You're cynical and cranky and impossible. But the truth is fighting with you is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I think there's a very good chance that I'm falling in love with you. 
so that's it. <laughs> that's all I had to say, so I'll go now. Basically says that she loves him too. Yeah. And they kiss. And then they kiss in the crowd. And then one year later, it's their wedding. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. I loved it because, like, I always, at the end of a rom com, I always want to see, like, what their future is. Really? Yes. I don't, like, I always want to know. I want to let my imagine run wild. What happened with them, Sometimes you know? that's good, but this movie, it ended just the way I wanted it to. With It was their wedding, and her bridesmaids were all 27 Judy of Greer. Yeah. And her sister, Tess, but all 27 of the other ladies, I loved it, dressed in the in dresses their that, yeah, dresses, yeah, loved it. Quick facts. Quick facts. The wardrobe department reported that their initial designs for the dresses all looked too good on Katherine Heigl because of her figure, and they were hard-pressed to design bridesmaids' dresses that would look bad on her. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good compliment, Catherine. No, seriously. While Jane and Kevin are in the bar, a Josh Kelly song can be heard in the background. In real life, Josh Kelly is married to Catherine Heigl. Whoa. Mm -hmm, really cool. Catherine Heigl is only a few months younger than Malin Ackerman, who in the movie played her younger sister. Prints were shipped to some theaters under the fake title Wardrobe. That's it? Wardrobe. Yes. There was a movie titled Got to Believe released in February 2002 that has almost the same story and characters. It tells a story of a wedding coordinator who is always the bridesmaids, never the bride. She falls in love with a photographer who does not believe in happy endings. Catherine Heigl has previously played another character who was in love with a man named George. This was while she was on the TV show Grey's Anatomy as Izzy Stevens. In the show, she was in love with a character named George O'Malley. Brian Kerwin, who plays Hal, their father, guest starred in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Catherine Heigl said on Instagram on the 10th anniversary of 27 Dresses that at the time I was a 28-year-old gal planning my own wedding and wearing Invisalign to correct my snaggle teeth for the wedding pics. Now I am a 39-year-old mother of three celebrating 10 years of marriage and letting my snaggle teeth make a comeback because I ultimately liked them better that way. Catherine Heigl did not get to keep any of the bridesmaids' dresses from the movie. So this is where the Elton John um, lyric comes in. The Elton John lyrics were meant to be incorrect. They belt out the wrong lyrics singing. She's got electric boobs instead of electric boots. But even that is wrong, I guess, is what I'm told. How oh, wait, wait, wait. It is right. She's got a, oh yes, there's another part where they talk about electric music. There you go. However, that was how it was written in the script. Aline McKenna, the screenplay writer, said that it's not just that Benny and the Jets is a song that you don't know the words to, because there's a lot of songs that you don't know the words to. It's a song that you don't know the words to that you sing with a tremendous amount of confidence. <laughs> I love that. McKenna also went on to say that she originally wanted for Jane to end up on her own. She said, I always wanted her to actually go on a date with somebody that you felt was going to be a healthy date for her. Catherine Heigl said that there was no other way that the movie could end other than a wedding. Catherine Heigl said she wants a sequel to 27 Dresses. However, they can't quite get the rights from Fox, she said in an interview. She said, I think it would be awesome to see, seriously, what are their lives like 10 years later? Do they end up together? I personally think they did. I think Tess and George have like three kids or at least two. And I think she's made Jane the godmother every time. So Jane has to plan the christenings and the baby showers and the gender reveal parties and the whole thing. But then all the other bridesmaids also make her the godmother. But Jane and Kevin can't get pregnant. Honorable mentions. It's got to be Judy Greer, right? Oh, man. My honorable mentions Judy Greer, too. She's the only choice for She's this, the Sarah. only good choice. I, I completely agree. We should put her on the Mount Rushmore of romantic comedy greatness because she's never the actual star. Oh, yes. But it's like, you know how like Michael Jordan, he needed his Scottie Pippen. Judy Greer mm -hmm. has made a movie career out of being that person for everybody. Yeah. For Jennifer Garner, for Jennifer Lopez. For Katherine Heigl now. Oh, there's so many. I yeah. think you're completely right. Like, Judy Greer is gold. And it took us this many episodes for us to realize she's in everything. It's yeah. crazy. It's wonderful. <laughs> That's what I'd like to say. It's wonderful. <laughs> what should have been? Do you have a what should have been? I don't. Okay. Judy Greer deserves to finally find love oh, in one of these movies. I agree. Any one of the movies. So I started thinking, you know, Judy Greer is kind of the best support 
in a rom-com. Who is a male actor who's been in so many movies, but he's never really the star of any one thing? Okay. I'm going to say Sam Rockwell. You know who I'm talking about? No. D- okay. I'm going to show you a picture of <laughs> Sam Rockwell, and you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about, because he is not... I mean, he's starred in like one or two things, but he is the quintessential, I'm just going to be the third guy in a movie kind of thing. Yeah, come here and take a look. I 100% know who that is. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yes. Sam Rockwell is the perfect choice for this because he was actually nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards two years in a row. (gasps) Wow. And the second time around, he actually won. Oh, good for him. So we have an Academy Award winning supporting star for who I would consider to be romantic comedy greatness for her supporting roles. Oh, I love it. Does that not make sense? I Yes, I think that was a really good match. Sam Rockwell, Judy Greer. Make it happen, guys. Yep. I oh, mean, right now we're talking they, about the character of... Maybe they can lead their own rom-com together. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's make idea. that happen. All right, let's write to whoever needs to be written to. I love it. Let's do it. Rewatchability. Rewatchability. Yeah. My rewatchability is Chemistry 3, Storyline 4.5, Thirst Factor 4, Imagination 3.5, Soundtrack 3, Cheese 3.5, for an overall score of 3.6 out of 5. Thirst Factor 4? Um, Yeah, man. James Marsden, you got Malin Ackerman, and you got George. I don't know. Is George hot? I think George is cute. Oh, wow. I never even would have... Edward Burns. I didn't really factor him into my Thirst Factor. I'm going to be honest. Oh, I did. I feel like there were four leads. That's I feel like there was Catherine Heigl, James okay. Marsden, Malin Ackerman, and Edward Burns. I'm going to say Chemistry 3.5, Storyline 4, Thirst Factor 3.5, Imagination 3, Soundtrack 4. It's Benny and the Jets. Oh, Sarah. yeah, okay. Come I on. put it as three. Two for cheese for right. a grand score of 3.3 3 okay. out of five. There you go. And this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of 27 Dresses. Can I throw one last question out at you? Sure. I can't tell... Is Katherine Heigl's like off-screen shenanigans, does that make you dislike her a little bit? And I was thinking about actors or musicians or celebrities who this kind of happens for. Mm, you know, okay. like like Chevy Chase, for example. Oh, yeah. I, I've just heard so many things community. about him off-screen that I, yeah, like, yeah. I just kind of don't really like him anymore. I'm going to put Shia LaBeouf on the list. Oh, but he was so good in Holes. Okay, holes. Wow. <laughs> That's really the movie you're throwing out there? Disney holes, yeah. Shia, he's like, he's kind of been in. Sometimes his shenanigans are funny. Sometimes they're just strange. Yeah. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, I think, makes the list. Oh, really? Yeah. For what? Oh, for Goop or whatever it's called? Yeah, well, I find she's just a, a, a unique character, but also I've heard some things like oh, okay. how she's kind of a diva. Is she the one that has the uh, Yoohoo smelling yeah, candle? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The candle that smells like a... <clears throat> Yoohoo, yeah. Yeah, so does Katherine Heigl fall into that category of, I don't know if I like you still. Like I said, I think she's actually tried to redeem that. So I, I, she doesn't for me, she doesn't fall in that for me. I'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt for having to sleep with a ghost. <laughs> Fair enough. You right. know, I'll Maybe her, her that. whole career has been dictated by, <laughs> listen guys, I'm kind of an asshole today at work, but like they made me sleep with a ghost on Grey's Anatomy, so I'm a little on edge here. Yeah. <laughs> This has been the Rom-Com Rewind of 27 Dresses. If you're listening to us on Spotify, please throw us a follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Also, leave a review. And on Instagram, at Rom-Com Rewind. On TikTok, at Rom-Com Rewind. Thanks for listening.